the AGCS Podcast. I'm Ken Reichman. The manufacturing industry is undergoing radical change as businesses evolve from traditional operations to smart, interconnected, data-driven processes and facilities. But as manufacturing evolves, so do the risks. To go over some of the challenges and evolution of the manufacturing industry and the struggles in maintaining and training new workers, we're joined by a special guest from the German-American Chamber of Commerce. Mario Kratz joins us now, and Mario is the Vice President for the German-American Chamber of Commerce of the Midwest. And Mario, I want to talk to you a little bit about ICAT and what their mission is and some of the specific initiatives of the organization. So the ICAT actually is an apprenticeship program. ICAT stands for Industry Consortium for Advanced Technical Training, so short ICAT. And uh, what it actually is, it's the leading apprenticeship program, especially for high-tech manufacturers and also companies with complex technologies or logistics. Um, it might sound really weird that we're dealing with apprenticeship programs, but the thing is just that a few years ago, uh, a lot of companies, especially manufacturing companies, approached us and uh, told us about their struggles with, you know, finding uh, skilled people, uh, keeping skilled people, and they were, since most of those companies are German companies or subsidiaries of German companies, they were approaching us asking for help to implement something similar uh, what they're used to over there in Germany. So that's how we came up with this program, uh, with the ICAT apprenticeship program. How manufacturing companies realized that they were going through such trouble? Yeah. Uh, I mean, just a few years ago, nobody actually would have looked into uh, sort of taking care of a you know, mid to long term workforce development strategy or whatever. But it happened so after the, uh, <clears throat> after the economic crisis here in the United States, when the economy actually got back again, back up again, uh, especially manufacturing companies were and still are facing basically two challenges. And I would like to phrase uh, that or frame that into the skills gap discussion that we have. Actually, what this company's experience is two things. The first thing is that uh, literally nobody's out there that you could hire. <laughs> So, I mean, with a 3.8% uh, unemployment rate in the United States in general, uh, it's difficult to, to, to find uh, people and to find, uh, you know, the trained people that you need. Uh, that's the one thing. The other thing, actually, is what those companies experience is what's being taught in the education system is not necessarily fit for what's needed on the shop floor. So there is another mismatch that uh, basically shows. And the third thing, actually, is that... Uh, especially manufacturing, has some sort of a, you know, weird or bad standing here in the United States because uh, almost nobody knows that manufacturing is still around and it's a big part of the economy. But more important, almost nobody knows what modern manufacturing and advanced manufacturing nowadays looks like. So pursuing a career pathway into or in manufacturing doesn't look like a, a, a valuable career pathway because a lot of people uh, still think it's dark, it's dirty, it's underpaid. Uh, that is not the case. So there is a couple of challenges that those companies face, actually, and uh, in terms of an apprenticeship program, that could help, or the IT program actually also helps to overcome those challenges for those companies. Uh, <clears throat> yeah. You bring up an, an interesting topic there, and that's the the perception of manufacturing in the U.S., mm -hmm. right? So why are things mm -hmm. so much different in Germany where uh, almost 60% of the folks train as apprentices, where in right. the United States it, that number is down to just 5%? 
Yeah, sort of the numbers, uh, the numbers seem to be right. Uh, the, the biggest thing is actually there is a cultural difference uh, here when we talk about uh, career pathways in, in, in Germany or what, what is seen as a valuable career pathway over there in Germany uh, compared to what's, what's going on here in the United States. So here in the United States, still, there is a huge pressure uh, in, uh, in, in you've got to go to college. You know, uh, a four-year college degree seems to be the only career pathway that you should choose after graduating high school. And in fact, actually, there's only two options here in the United States after graduating high school, uh, one being either get a job or the other one being go to college. Uh, in Germany, actually, uh, the apprenticeship system uh, has been, you know, established or is established uh, for hundreds of years. But, you know, taking that fact aside, it is seen as a valuable career pathway. Uh, it is actually sort of seen like, you know, you become an apprentice first, before eventually going to university or, or college, or uh, you don't even have to do that. I mean, you can get a valuable uh, career pathway and a high paying job uh, with uh, a apprenticeship education uh, only. And that is uh, what makes, you know, becoming an apprentice in Germany much more attractive actually than, than uh, here in the United States. Also in the United States, uh, the term apprenticeship actually is also seen as some sort of, you know, an old-fashioned thing. So when you talk about apprenticeships, the initial reactions that you get here in the United States always is, uh, it is, you know, yeah, it is a career option. Uh, it has to do a lot of uh, uh, with with the trades and, and, and all of that. But you don't necessarily associate that with uh, advanced manufacturing or uh, with high tech and all of that. And that's why um, this career pathway actually is a little, no, not just a little, it's unknown and it's not seen as attractive. Uh, and then the other thing again, you know, with manufacturing, uh, you know, knowing what manufacturing nowadays is and, and what it looks like and then what people employed in manufacturing actually do, especially in advanced manufacturing, that that is not out there. So the word is not out there. People just can't imagine that uh, those companies don't uh, look dark and dirty anymore. In fact, they usually have white walls uh, in there and much more, well, a lot of them look, you know, like emergency rooms. <laughs> I would like to compare it with that. Uh, so so that, is, that is the challenges uh, <clears throat> that we're seeing here in the United States. So the pressure to go to college, to graduate from college with a four-year college degree, because that seems to be the only option uh, that uh, you have in terms of a valuable career pathway. But uh, with all the challenges that companies uh, and the economy uh, here in the United States uh, are facing right now, I see a slight change in that, and that's going to continue. The numbers are a little bit daunting, right? Uh, according to the Deloitte University Press, almost 3.5 million manufacturing jobs are going to be needed in the next decade alone. Is it even possible Absolutely. to to come near that number based on what you're seeing from from developing talent? Absolutely. Yeah. Well, uh, the numbers look impressive, and you just mentioned that. That basically, you know, statistics show that there's almost 3.5 million manufacturing jobs that will be needed in the next decade. On the other hand, I've got two interesting numbers here to nail that down to, or to boil it down to a smaller regional focus. If you have a look at Illinois, for instance, we're based out of Illinois, so I got those numbers here. But just to have a look at that, what the numbers show in Illinois for instance, is that uh, through 2027, actually, we will need in Illinois roughly 20,000 production workers and 5,000 engineers. 
through uh, to, uh, 2020, and also the National Association of Manufacturers, actually, what they estimate is that on any given day, there's more than 600,000 job openings in manufacturing. But <laughs> can we get close to that number and close that gap? I'm I'm not really sure, and also what we have to have in mind is that manufacturing is changing and technology is changing so fast. So the jobs that, uh, you know, or job openings uh, that we have right now might not be the job openings, uh, you know, in, in 10 years from now because technology is changing. <clears throat> uh, uh, industry is adapting to that. So what we actually need to do is uh, we have to get away from preparing people for jobs and rather look at preparing them for career pathways. And this is actually what we do, and this is actually what an apprenticeship program uh, in general is doing. It is not about a preparation for a specific job anymore. Instead, what it is, it is a solid educational foundation to start a career pathway. And if you look at it like that, then I think it is possible to overcome those challenges and also close uh, you know, uh, the gap a little. We will, I, I can guarantee that we will definitely never be there where we say, okay, all those positions are filled. Uh, that's just impossible. But we can get a little closer to that. You mentioned earlier that a lot of workers who come, even come into the manufacturing world have some of those newer skills, right? Those new required techniques. What are some of those skills that are lacking and... <coughs> How do people get trained on them? Yeah, good question. And that is a huge variety. So every company basically uh, and every every position in a company, every career pathway uh, within a company that actually uh, needs a different skill set. And then it's challenging to think about, you know, how do you pack that into a program uh, to make it a fit for everyone, uh, for every single individual or for every company. But that is literally not possible. So what we have to shift uh, is, of course, we have to focus on the new technologies and on uh, what's coming. Uh, digitalization is one huge thing. Uh, it is not just about, you know, drilling holes anymore or, or uh, you know, um, working with metal or whatever. So the whole uh, digitalization uh, uh, in, <clears throat> uh, in industry, that has to be kept in mind. Uh, mechatronic systems, uh, for instance. Uh, also connecting the different dots. And uh, that, is <clears throat> that is something that's going to change definitely. So what, what, without looking at any kind of specific you know, technology right now is what is needed. Uh, and then again, this ties back into career pathway, actually. What is needed uh, a little more, or we have to put a little more emphasis on providing people with the tools to adapt to those changes, uh, to learn themselves. So, and again, I'm not sure if that is a right example. So it doesn't make any sense to, you know, train someone how to use that type of equipment to drill holes. Uh, instead of what we should train is understanding what this process uh, is and then come up, uh, you know, with, with solutions to be able to, to change uh, with, with the changing technology and, and all of that. I hope that makes sense <laughs> because the variety of what companies actually need uh, is just uh, too big. So if we enable someone to be uh, in a position to adapt to those changes, uh, to, to understand uh, manufacturing processes, to uh, not just focus on a single job and a single task, I think that would be a huge step and a big step forward. 30 seconds on what will happen 
if manufacturers cannot find folks with adequate enough skills to move forward in the new age? Well, the thing is that manufacturers already cannot find the people, so that's a fact. Uh, if manufacturers do not, uh, you know, uh, adapt to uh, the new situation, uh, then those companies will disappear, period. Uh, that's, that's, that's not the worst case that's given. So if you don't adapt to uh, the changes in society and also to the changes in the technology, uh, then you'll disappear. Uh, then this is not going to be a place anymore where you can operate. Uh, that's, that's the one thing. Best case is that uh, companies start now to implement such <clears throat> you know, workforce development uh, uh, training programs or, or become much more active and engaged in workforce development uh, as well in order uh, to adapt to the changing situations. And if you do that, basically, uh, chances that uh, the companies going to be here in 10, 15 years from now <laughs> are pretty good. There's so much more in Allianz's special series of manufacturing pieces highlighting the top risk challenges and more, whether it be the ability to resume operations following a natural catastrophe, a cyber event, or changing dynamics in the workplace. It's all about preparation. You can read all the segments of the manufacturing series on our website by following the link in the description of this podcast. And make sure to follow us on Twitter at AGCS underscore insurance and on LinkedIn at Allianz Global Corporate and Specialty for more expert insight and analysis. As always, folks, please make sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. The more people who rate and review, the easier it is for others to find the show. A big thanks to Mario for taking the time to join us. And for all of us here at AGCS, I'm Ken Reichman, and we will see you next time.